You're listening to a bonus episode of the Dairy Edge, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Morning, everybody. In a slight departure from the norm, I'm going to interview Stuart today. Normally, it seems to work the other way. My name is George Ramsbottom, and I work with Stuart as we're both dairy specialists with Chagisk. Um, Stuart's based down in Moor Park, as you know, and I'm based in Oak Park in Carlow. I'm a Midlands man. I don't have a I don't have a Cork accent like Stuart, so I don't have the same <laughs> level of street cred. No, right, Stuart. I don't have a Cork accent either, though. <laughs> oh, you sure do. On today's <laughs> webinar, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole issue of uh, roadway surfaces, and we're going to talk a little bit about a survey um, by a master's student who was working with us in Moor Park uh, for about a year there, a year and a half. Very good young fellow called Paul Maher from, from my own county, County Leash. So you'd have to be good, Stuart. We're going to talk about some of the, just We're going to look at a fraction of the uh, work that's, that um, Paul was reporting on in, in terms of a, a large scale survey of farm, dairy farm roadways from all around the country. So, Stuart, you're going to present one or two of the slides. I suppose why roadways are important, I'm here in front of me. I have the, you can't see it there, we have the Dairy Lameness booklet that was launched a few weeks ago. And in that booklet, when we go to the roadway sections, what it says about them is poor quality roadways and gateways are a major risk, a major risk factors for lameness. In grazing herds, the quality of the roadways is the single most important factor that farmers need to get right. So yeah, so, so George, I suppose it's following on from what I've been talking about. We'll say I was talking about the principles of the on-off grazing last week as well, and I suppose roadway networks and Patrick as well, that obviously works with us in the specialist team as well. Patrick is always talking about how road the fat in the road starts to come up when the weather gets wet. And like uh, the end of October figures are showing that we had nearly nine mil, nine inches of rain here in Moore Park. Um, and we've had similar levels around the different parts of the country, maybe not as much in, other, in parts and a bit more in other parts. So roadways have really been tested, I, I would say. Um, now, in a lot of cases, cows are gone in, in, in many cases at the moment in the short term. But when they do go back out again, um, roadways can be under pressure. So as, as you said, this is only a section of what Paul has been covering. So, But I just thought it was nice in terms of the way it's t- tying in with what, what we spoke about last week and what you're hoping to talk about there in terms of the lameness piece next week as well with Ned. So um, just as well to give people a bit of background, as, as George has said there, Paul started a master's and he's actually going to t- come uh, turn into a PhD. Patui was telling me the other day. So um, he did an assessment of kind of roadway condition and he's also looking at the paddock sizes on farms as well. So the roadway assessment is kind of a subset of nearly just over half of the farms that were looked at in terms of paddock sizes and the mean distances that animals were traveling and so forth. There was a couple of conditions needed to be right in terms of actually using the information um, for the roadway assessment, I suppose. So just fair maps, uh, good good information or good good recording of grazing data, etc., so that we could see um, where cows were traveling and how often they were traveling, etc. There were some of the factors that came into the, the whole process. So Paul looked at uh, several different elements of the roadway. Uh, He was trying to quantify the effect of the ranging widths and the surface conditions and how they impact on the throughput of animals on farm roadways. So there's 55 farms selected for the study and you can see the map there on the right hand side showing that they're basically from Mizzenhead to Mallonhead more or less uh, and everywhere in between as well. And the herd sizes vary from 47 cows up to 760 cows. So very um, well spread out across the herd size categories, okay? 
So I suppose, like you were saying earlier, George, how did we manage to get 893 roads from 55 farms? Like the roadways were assessed from the point at which they were joining um, the farmyard. But obviously there could be a main kind of central route through a farm route, a farm a farm, and obviously offshoot roads then as well. So they were all kind of classified as individual roads and examined. So you could have a very good main route through the farm but the, the sub routes off the farm or off, the, off that main route mightn't be up to scratch. So in total, there's 126 kilometers of farm roadways that Paul has reviewed, and the spur roads that were used or were that were on those farms were not assessed in as part of that study. It's purely looking at the main thoroughfares that the cows are walking on consistently. So spur roads obviously only been used at the shoulders, maybe and in tricky weather during uh, other periods of the year. And and uh, wouldn't okay. be as influential, I suppose, in terms of lameness because they're so narrow. They w- you don't have traffic on them as such, so they're not inclined to get damaged. So the metrics that were used in terms of gathering of data, so the width of the roadways, the crossfall, and the slope or the incline on it. So um, the slope of of across the roadway obviously influences where the cows are going to stand on the roadway and so forth. And then the surface condition, their ability to actually shed water and any congestion points and the presence of water troughs on, on the roadways were recorded. So presence of water troughs uh, would be generally correlated with cows stopping to drink, uh, where they stop to drink. Anytime a cow stops, once they start again, they lift the tail and they leave a yeah. deposit behind them, which actually leads to um, a degradation of the roadways over time. So the, the roadways, um, where roadway surfaces around water troughs will get damaged far quicker than other roadway surfaces. So the index that they used, George, then I suppose to to try and grade these roadways was like uh, Pat and, and Paul would and Paul Murphy in in, uh, in in CIT or MTU Monsters, it's called now. I think yeah. um, they would have come up with a classification score. So we're going to just show you three three of those categorizations. We'll say from it's index one to index five. But quite obviously, index two was going to be intermediate to index one and index three, uh, and index four is going to be intermediate between three and five. So index one here, this is the poorest surface uh, that, that you're talking about. So you can see here that we have the verges are, are basically stopping any surface water getting off on both sides here. Ideally, we're talking about trying to lift these roadways up over that verge here, or at minimum cleaning away that verge. So that the water can shed off the off the roadway, which yeah. it's 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 no different to a, a public road, really, George. In terms of if there's water sitting on it, you get that natural freeze thaw action over the winter, etc. In potholes and so forth, and it forms potholes. And the same is true of of, um, of farm roadways as well. So you can see on the left hand side here in this picture that we've a lot of water gathering on it, a lot of muck and dirt. And you can see that there's a pool of water further down as well. And what these pools of water do actually as well. And, and I saw a case of it, a very bad case of it here a couple of years ago, not too far away from Moore Park with one of the clients here, was that the, the cows actually stopped when they came to the water. They they were, weren't unsure of their footing, basically, so they couldn't see where they were putting their feet and and basically treaded through it very carefully. And as a result, they they spent they actually done quite a lot in that area then as well. So it further exacerbated the situation in, in those roadways then George's was. Uh, and the remedial action for that was literally to raise that roadway up to stop that ponding in that area for that farmer. And ever since that problem is, has been alleviated completely by, by virtue of correcting that roadway. I know there was a bit of time and effort had to go into correcting it, but it, it paid dividends at the end of the day. 
And then look, this uh, I suppose there's two issues you could point out in this charge here. Apart from the surface here, there's no no fencing along by this dike here, which is obviously concerned from a nitrates point of view. Uh, and also just basically banks getting broken down because the tendency is for the cows either to walk on this track, which they've managed to farm over time themselves, and means that they're going to be stretched out quite uh, in, a, in a long line. They're not going to use any of the rest of that roadway there. But also if they stand into that grassy verge there over time, that, that bank is going to start to erode uh, and the roadway is going to get narrower and there's also going to be sediment getting into the dike there as well. So that's going to be a concern from a water quality point of view. So Did moving on to our index... Yeah, go yeah. on. Yeah, that pathway there in the previous slide, Stuart, is a prime indicator that there's a problem with the track, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%, George. They don't want to use the rest of the roadway and, and they line up to try and follow the track because it's compressed. So there's less likelihood that they're going to tread on stones in, the, in that area. But they've traded on them in the past to create that track, like I suppose yeah. it's, but they, it's just repeated use of it. Has, has, it's basically they've compacted that area. Uh, yeah, and made it going there the whole time. And yeah. why that hits the index one, Stuart, is because of the roughness of the road surface. And this, the picture on the left hits it because of the pooling of water and that kind of thing. Isn't that it, really? Yeah. So the, the surface here could have actually been good at one stage, George, and the one on the left hand side. But oh, it's yeah. just, just because of the build up of rainwater. And, and look, these grassy verges, like I've seen roadways that have been done even in the last 12 months where those verges have been removed. And they, they reoccur very, very quickly. Like, and I know John McCabe did did events with us there a few years ago as well, and he was just demonstrating that if the, if that roadway surface is actually above the level of the field there, no, in that picture it kind of looks like it probably it might be a bit of an issue that the road fall of the field is towards the road anyway. So this roadway may need to be risen up anyway. But if yeah. the roadway is above the surface of the of the field already, there's shores need to be opened up in that basically, and and it's really only a shovel and. Like Jan was making the point a couple of years ago at some of the walks that we did, that it was literally maybe instead of taking the quad out for the cows one day, you take the shovel out and walk out and just open a few points along the right. roadway just to let that water off. Uh, okay. And the the value of that can't be underestimated in terms of maintaining road surfaces. Like, okay. So just that's index back. one, Stuart. Now you've better ones then. Index three would be the kind of middle range, and index five is the high quality surface. Isn't that really it? Yeah, sure. Like your index five, George, is what we have here on the Moorpark farm, obviously, and across the road and curtains and over with Ricky and Kilworth as well. And and look, there are a lot of dairy farms as well now. They've really improved their roadways and they have this kind of surface, but they do take constant uh, work, basically, to maintain them. So there's a bit of topping and, and, and tidying needed on them. I suppose the most important thing that you can see on the index five, and we'll come back to the index three in a minute, is that yeah. it, it might be hard for people to see there, but there's actually a, a higher centre on that road. So you've got to fall off to the right and fall off to the left on both sides there, which yeah. is obviously helping that roadway to shed the, the water very quickly. Now, I suppose people will argue that there's obviously a fence line on both sides there, so it's a little bit easier. But if we go back to our index one here, if we can raise the, the level of the road here, because again, I suppose just not being sure about the whether there's a ditch or a di or whether there's a dike outside of that, we need to get that fall back out into the field from, from the point of yeah. view of derogation, etc., to comply from a water quality point of view that there's no potential runoff off of roadways going into into surface waters that it's actually pushed out across the field and allowed to soak down through the soil then uh, which will kind of filter it naturally as well um okay. so those those index fives obviously are the very good surface you can't see you can see little or no kind of stone that cows are going to be worried about treading on and They'll walk on quite quickly on that, George. And I suppose uh, one of the lads that used to work with us, that's actually dairy farming himself now, 
um, would have given me a figure there a number of years ago where he had installed new roadways on the farm. And he said that uh, we'll say tr- following along the cows very gently with a quad, that the cows were traveling on the new roadways that he'd installed at about five kilometers an hour. Whereas on the older roadways, which were slightly narrower now, which would have had a contributory factor to it as well, they'd only travel at three kilometers per hour. So you yeah. can see the impact that that can have in terms of speed of movement of stock around the farm as well. But I suppose coming back to the index trees, George, they're probably, look, there's, there's probably a lot of roadways are falling into those categories, and we'll see that in a minute in the categorization. But like these are roadways that, were, but, but from my looking at these pictures and, and talking to Paul about it, they were actually good roads at one stage maybe, but over over time they've just deteriorated because of lack of maintenance. Now some of these roads like are roads that aren't being used very regularly, so you're getting that grass building up there maybe. There's, you can see down here that there's tracks being created by machinery going down there as well. So I suppose it's just kind of natural maybe compression of the roadway by heavy machinery and, and machinery is just getting bigger and bigger year after year so. Um, they can have a negative impact on them and look in an ideal world we wouldn't be travelling on cow roadways with, with slurry tankers in particular and yeah. silage trailers as well but that's that's not feasible really in reality but it's just the maintenance piece again the, the verging here is like this road if left on basically won't be long becoming an index one road over the next number of years and it's a it's a serious issue, I suppose, from the lameness point of view. As you said there at the outset, it's a, a critical factor in terms of lameness in herds. So there's yeah. a bit of cleaning here, maybe a bit of side trimming on the hedge here, cleaning away that verge there, and a topping is all like I and I think I suppose the important thing here, George, is that some of these roads can with very minimal investment in we'll say no this year or next year will actually be back to this kind of standard. Whereas if we actually leave them deteriorate to the index one standard, there's quite a lot of work needs to go into them. Um, and this can be done quite quickly. There's a couple of um, people working across the country now that are specialising in doing this work and they can actually do these, this top surfacing very, yeah. very fast. So it's not the, the hardest job in the world to do. Yeah. Um, so just, I suppose, to give people an idea, the categorization, how did the study roadways fare out? And I suppose it's slightly concerning, I suppose, that 25% of the roadways and the 55 farms that Paul looked at were scored at index one. So that means that there's a very, very poor quality roadway surface on a share of these roadways. So that's of, basically of the 900 roads, a quarter of them, which is about 150 is a charge or more. No, it's probably yeah. closer to, it's more 225 or something like that. Yeah. Were, um, were actually substandard. And I suppose if we take it that we're accepting an index four as being good, uh, relatively good or close to good because obviously uh, we can't maintain our index five permanently it's a bit like soil fertility i suppose our line is going to drop a little bit but then we need to top it back up again yeah. so we have as people can see here that we've 19 and 14 basically given 43, us 43 24 uh, so about a third of our of the roadways were kind of where we'd like them to be and then we can see that the, third, the, the balance obviously the 18 and the 23 here um, closer to kind of 40 odd 50 percent there two percent yeah coming in at kind of okay-ish i suppose i suppose the, the index two is probably more cl- inclined to go towards the index one so i suppose if you combine the whole lot there george you're saying that there's nearly just 42 yeah. percent of all roadways are either index one or index two which is concerning uh considering i suppose that the farms maybe used in the study would be considered to be probably maybe more progressive farms as well by virtue of the fact that they had to have a lot of the other factors for the the whole study that paul was looking at as well 
So maybe that would suggest that some firms or that that there could that we could be looking at at least fifty percent of roadways not being um so of of being sub substandard out on, substandard. on the dairy farms across the country. Like absolutely. Mad, isn't it? it should, how the how is making them at all? Is, yeah, yeah. I suppose, it, like I suppose, we we get very a lot of people can get caught up about health effects and DBI and lameness mm. traits and so forth. And yet, the mechanical side of things, they might be very. Uh, they're doing no favors to the cows to, to allow. Them to, they're expecting them to to walk on on nails, basically. Like, so I yeah, suppose I just summarize the George poor quality roadways, as you said at the outset, are a major risk factor for lameness. And like roadway quality is the single most important factor contributing to the increased risk of lameness. So that stands to reason we can breed all the cows we like in terms of resistance to lameness and strength towards lameness. But if we have bad road surfaces, cows are going to get uh, soil ulcers, soil wounds, uh, and look, Ned will pick up on that, which will be maybe next week in Natasha as well. Yeah. And so yeah. it's for, I, I suppose basically the long and short of today's session really, George, is that we'd be advocating that people would assess their roadway condition now and where necessary take steps to improve the roadways before the 2023 grazing season starts. So uh, I'll stop sharing there if you want to throw any questions into us or anything, folks. Yeah, so if there's any questions, just pop them in there. Uh, what I picked up there, sure, to, uh, just to summarise, is that a lot of roads are substandard. Uh, yeah. Lameness is going to arise on those roadways. It's the single most important factor. Uh, and maybe if you could assess the roadways now and, and maybe just even work on a bit of them. It sounded to me, Stuart, from your talk that, um, often the presentation there, that maintenance is a big part of keeping the road quality right. And yeah, cows are off the roads now, or will be, over the next couple of months, and it's a good time to maybe get a, to do a bit of work on them and get them sorted out. Yeah, like the I suppose the challenge uh, with the way grazing has gone too, George. I suppose with the trying to follow where the right cover is. The there was a, p- a period in the time and in, in the past maybe where you know you weren't going to be going a particular section for a week because we were grazing in a rotation always, yeah. uh, and you could actually work on a road edge during the grazing season at that time. Um, but I suppose the fact that the cows could be here today and over there tomorrow. Means it's that little bit more tricky, and uh, the other thing is, it's probably important that roadways get a chance to bed in as well. So if if they're done, kind of, you now the weather conditions at the moment are atrocious, obviously for doing that kind of work. But if yeah. we got kind of any sort of dry weather there into November or December, it would be a, a fairly timely um, thing to do to be cleaning up roadways and so forth. And I suppose. I would say as well, George, that actually that piece that comes from where the, where the yard connects, like uh, like Paul has looked at there, maybe, but where the yard is connecting to the roadway, they just yeah. tend to they, they deteriorate way quicker, uh, yeah. and they probably need some sort of surface maintenance every year. I would say, and I know um, I see lads scraping the, the the we'll say just where the cows are coming in and where the cows are exiting. Obviously, as I said, every time cows go to move, they do start to dung. Uh, and that means that there's quite a level of build-up of dung around that maybe first 50 to 100 metres maybe um, coming away from the parlour, depending on on the siting of the parlour, etc. And okay. people people go clean in that, and then they actually ravel the surface as well. So that means it needs to be topped up, and, and definitely that's feasible to do during the close period, because when we're in, indoors. Okay. Look at um, I'm not going to we're not going to go on all day on, on the calls, George, or the presentation here today. I suppose what we'll do is we'll, we'll take the lameness conversation on a little bit further next week. And I've invited Ned Dunphy from the FRS in Kilmacombas, I think he is, to, well, he's in Waterford anyway, Waterford, to join yeah. us. Yeah, to join us next week and uh, maybe go into a bit more detail on some of the types of lameness that cows can be affected by. 
and maybe it's a good time to be looking at that just as cows are being housed at the moment this is often a prime time when you know soft hooves uh, become uh, cause lame cows and uh, it's a good time to talk to ned just at housing time okay so with no further without further ado 10 o'clock next thursday morning we'll continue the conversation with ned dunphy from the family service and natasha brown from moorpark Thanks very much, George, and thanks to all of you for listening and a safe farming week. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.